right, what's going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How we doing on a Wednesday? Today is the 5th, April 5th, 2023. What's going on out there? On today's show, going to uh, talk some hockey, a little hockey talk. Uh, about a week, a little bit over a week left until the regular season ends. So um, we'll go over some playoff pictures, some different scenarios. It's just getting really, really close and really intense here in the in this uh, hockey race. So a little hockey talk on today's show. And you know, we don't talk that much NBA on this show simply because I don't handicap it. I don't bet it that much. Uh, and it's not because of it. It's like a basketball thing. I love when I was growing up, the NBA was probably my favorite sport. I loved the NBA. I mean, I was a, I, I live in Denver, obviously. So I was a Nuggets fan. I would go to all the games. And then once they started making the playoffs with Carmelo Anthony, and then they got Chauncey Billups, and Allen Iverson. I mean, yeah, those those were the days. So I mean, I love the NBA. It's just I don't I haven't found a way to consistently beat it yet. And that's that's what I think is funny with some of these public handicappers. They just flow from sport to sport like it's nothing. It's like to me, taking on a brand new sport and mastering it, profiting from it, understanding that you can really win in it. It's it's an endeavor. It takes a whole different approach. Handicapping hockey and handicapping basketball and handicapping tennis and handicapping soccer are very, very different things. And if you can't distinguish the difference, have a different approach for each, I mean, how, how are you going to bet the MLB if you don't have a really good way of handicapping umpires or tracking the bullpen or things like this? The, you know, I know referees matter in hockey, not nearly as much as umpires in baseball, okay? There is no bullpen in any other sports. There's benches, but it, it's just a different way of handicapping. So for people to be like, why don't you just bet the NBA? Why don't you bet the NBA? I, 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 it doesn't work like that. It's and, and just so you know, I bet college basketball because the market is so much softer. Okay, if you have a Saturday in college basketball in January, you're going to have like 70 games. <laughs> you're going to at least, you're going to have tons of games, right? The NBA is the hardest sport to beat in the world pretty much because the world, the market's becoming worldly or uh, like international but um the NBA is the second hardest sport behind the NFL right the NFL is notoriously the hardest sport to beat and then the NBA is the second hardest sport to beat why do you think we rarely give NFL picks why do you think we rarely give NBA picks it's because obviously these picks I'm giving out are mine. I bet these myself, and the way I do things, I operate in smaller markets. I found it much easier for me to do my for me to make a living that way. You know, I, I find that when ego gets involved with sports betting, it's always a mess, and that happens a lot, especially with younger people. And I know that we all want to bet the Monday night football game and the Thursday night football game and, and the NBA because that's what everyone's watching. You want to bet what you're watching. I get that, but. I just prefer to make more profitable decisions. I don't care what people think about it. Oh, he doesn't bet the NBA. He doesn't. It doesn't matter what people say if they have opinions about what I bet, because luckily for me, anyone else's opinion has no impact on my bankroll or my bank account, right? Like, say whatever the hell you want to about me. Like, when I first started doing this a couple years ago, some of my friends would say that, or, you know, buddies or acquaintances be like, how do you do that? I don't believe that you do that. That's bullshit. You can't make a living doing that. It's like, okay, you know, I didn't get any conversations with them. I didn't, oh, it's like, okay. You can think what you want. I don't care as long as can I still get to Wells Fargo and access my money and, and cash in. Okay, can I still do all that? Good. Then your opinion doesn't mean a goddamn thing, right? That's sort of my approach when people ha- have that approach towards me. 
And so, you know, that's how I how I make a living is I bet hockey, soccer, you know, I, I bet these college sports. I'm betting softer, smaller markets where there's less liquidity. It's it's much more inefficient and you can find much, much, much better lines if you do that. Now, I've talked about this before. The reason why a lot of these syndicates or multi-million dollar bettors end up betting the NFL and NBA into their careers where they have to is because the limits are so high. You can get... In Vegas, I know you can get 50,000 down to some places, maybe even a hundred, even a couple hundred thousand on game day. Maybe not that high, but but you can get six figures down on game day in Vegas. On offshore accounts, you can get the same amount down, right? For the NBA, for the NFL, it's it's pretty much the same. You get me a a college baseball game on a Saturday, some places won't let you bet more than five hundred dollars. Now, luckily for me, that five hundred is still under the radar of like where I can operate, so that's great for me. But why do you think that is? Why do you think some games have a five thousand dollar limit, some games have a fifty thousand dollar limit? And some games have a $500 limit. Why do you think that is? It's because the books are less confident in the games where there's lower limits. If, the, if, if a sports book thought they had the absolutely right line and, every, and there was nothing that could change their minds, they would let you bet whatever they could. An example of this is the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl, especially on Super Bowl Sunday, those lines are so goddamn efficient. They'll let you bet anything, pretty much anything, anything or a lot of places will at least. You know, if they've got the backing and so on and so forth, the infrastructure, the resources, the whatever to take a bet like that. So the, the, the more confidence the sports books have that they're going to beat you, the more they will let you bet. The less confident they are, the less they will let you bet. So that's why when I feel like I have a really, really good line on a college baseball game and, you know, I make a bet and the line moves for, you know, I make a bet at minus 160 and I come back an hour and a half later and the line's minus 220. That doesn't happen a lot in other sports. And by the way, yesterday I mentioned like NBA lines moving for my uh, podcast yesterday. And I mentioned the LA Lakers may move from minus two to minus six or minus two to plus four. Those were actually pretty substantial moves. Those were pretty drastic. You're not usually going to get that type of movement in the NBA, but other sports like college lacrosse, college baseball, even even the NHL. And the NHL is getting sharper. I, I will admit every year I see it sharpen up a little bit. You can see it in the numbers. But even for, for sports like that, you can still get really good deals. Good luck finding an NFL spread that's off that much, you know, 20 minutes after they open lines. It's it's almost impossible. So that's why I bet these sports. That's why I do what I do. That's why we're going to spend today talking about the NHL and and not the NBA. And I know I hear from, from a lot of you out there and you know, that, that's just why we do stuff like this. It's not because I love the NHL, and I do like the NHL. It's a really fun sport to watch, but these sports chose me. I didn't choose them. They happen to work with the way I do math, with the way I do my programs, with the way I do my coding. That's how this all started. These sports chose me. I didn't choose them. Otherwise, I would bet the sports that I grew up watching that I love and that, you know, I... I, I I mean, college football may be my favorite sport, and I will admit I'm getting better and better at college football. Actually... That may not be the best example because I'm, I'm I've really improved with my college football, but I'd love to bet the NFL more. I'd love to bet the NBA more. 
So anyway, let's get into this uh, NHL playoff talk. Uh, special thanks to Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is your headquarters for player props. Now, make sure Thrive is legal in your state. But if they are, you're going to have so much fun betting player props, especially their player, uh, player prop parlays. You can make more money when you parlay player props together. Uh, pretty much, you know, more than any other sports book you can find in the world. By the way, try saying that a bunch. Player props together. Parlay player props. Uh, Thrive Fantasy. Put in promo code SBD when you sign up and start making more money for those player prop parlays today. All right, um, let's get to it. NHL uh, playoffs. It's really interesting. So they're going to wrap the season up in about like a week and a couple days. I think Friday the 14th is the last uh, way, uh, day of games this, this year. So or at least before the playoffs start. So there's some really interesting races that are coming down to it, and let's focus on uh, the Easter Conference to start because the Easter Conference is so loaded and so, I mean, just good. They've got so many good teams, and, and the gap is widening. The Eastern Conference is getting better than the West every year, it seems. And I know last year Colorado was in the West, and that kind of you know overshadowed things when you have the dominant president's trophy winner and and then they won the stanley cup like that i think tends to skew people's view but the the west is not nearly as good as the east and it's going this way if i were to project in the future uh the teams that are going to improve we're kind of on the bubble right now all the teams i think are in the east detroit ottawa buffalo i think those three teams even washington i'll throw in there i think all these those teams are either a move or two away from really competing being in the playoff race next season not so sure about Philadelphia, Montreal, or Columbus, but that's only three teams that are like in a true dead rebuilding phase right now in the East. The Western Conference has Anaheim, Chicago, Saint, or, uh, San Jose, Arizona, Vancouver, St. Louis. All these teams are technically in a rebuild. Now, I'd say teams like St. Louis, maybe Vancouver are probably closer to that tweak away, but I don't have the confidence in those teams that I do in even like in Ottawa or Buffalo, which sounds weird to say, or, or uh, Washington even. But that sounds weird to say given recent history, but I believe that's what the trajectory of these teams are. St. Louis is one of those teams that they've been good for so long and consistent for so long. It's hard to imagine them falling off that much, but look at the moves they made this year. I mean, they sold a lot this year and they really have done pretty decent since. Okay. They're six, two and two, their last 10 games. They, they look, they're not quitting. That's for sure. St. Louis has still got a good core. I just wonder, you know, and it does help that I said the West isn't as good, easier schedule, right? Things like that. So it's better for teams like St. Louis. But overall, I would say the East probably in a bit of a better position right now than the West. Now, what does that mean? That means throughout the regular season, teams in the East are going to have a tougher schedule. In the playoffs, teams in the East are going to have a tougher path to the Stanley Cup. So what I'm saying here is not the winner of the Stanley Cup is automatically coming from the East because of this. This is just a simple fact that you're going to get sometimes. This happens in the NBA. This happens in the NHL. Over the course of time, one conference just seems to get loaded. And I'm not sure why that is. Maybe that'd be fun to study one day. But either way, uh, let's go ahead and start off in the East. As I said, all uh, a lot of the top teams are in the East. Now, from my power rankings alone, five of the top six teams I have right now in the Eastern Conference. So that's kind of what I mean with all this. Let me pull those up real quick. Let's quickly go over my just my top ten in my power rankings before we get into these. Um, so these are my own personal power rankings and obviously they're, you know, pretty, they're advanced. So there's a lot that goes into this, but number one, I have Boston, number two, Carolina, number three, New Jersey, number four, Toronto, number five, Dallas, 
Number six, the New York Rangers. Number seven, Edmonton Oilers. Number eight, Colorado Avalanche. Number nine, Vegas. And uh, there's actually a tie for 10, but let's go ahead and say Seattle, number 10. Um, That's right now, like, I know it's somewhat, even if you look at all the teams in the top 10, but look at the top six. Boston, Carolina, New Jersey, Toronto, Dallas, New York Rangers. There's one team from the West in the top six. So heavy in the East. Uh, right now, the Atlantic Division in the East, Boston number one, Toronto number two, Tampa Bay number three. In the Metro, Carolina number one, New Jersey number two, and New York number three. The two wildcard teams, Florida Panthers number one, and the New York Islanders are number two. Now, we'll talk about the exact race or like what to look forward to uh, in this next week or so in a minute. But just to refresh everyone on how the playoffs work, it is largely division-centric in the NHL. Some people love it. Some people hate it. I think it's interesting because, you know, these teams play each other all year, and it's like, okay, let's let's go. You know that every year it's going to be division-centric. So here's how uh, the, the playoffs work. In each division, because there's obviously two divisions in the Eastern Conference and two divisions in the Western Conference, the number two and number three seeds in each division will play each other. So the bracket is essentially there's going to be four number one seeds, right? There's like four mini brackets of each division. And so the one, two, and three from each division are automatically in. And then there's two wildcard teams. So two plays three in every division. So if the, if the season ended today, when we're recording, uh, Toronto is two in the Atlantic. Tampa Bay is three in the Atlantic. Toronto would have home ice against Tampa. Uh, Metropolitan, New Jersey's number two, New York Rangers number three, New Jersey would have home ice there. In the Central, Dallas is number two, Minnesota's number three, Dallas would have home ice against Minnesota, and you get it, right? Pacific, Edmonton two, LA three, Edmonton would have two against LA if the season ended today. So those are automatic matchups, and then it's easy to fill in the rest. The number one overall seed in each conference gets the lowest wildcard seed. And then the other number one seed gets the highest wildcard seed. So that's the rule. So right now, Boston would play the New York Islanders if the season ended today. And the Carolina Hurricanes would uh, have home ice against the Florida Panthers. There really aren't any major races right now in the Eastern Conference. I know there's some teams that are closer than others, but I think the season will end very similar to how we see it right now. Boston 1, Toronto 2, Tampa 3 in the Atlantic. Carolina 1, Jersey 2, the Rangers 3 in Metro. And then... Here's where it gets interesting is the wild card race in the uh, the Eastern Conference. So it's going to come down to let's see here. It's going to come down to Florida, the New York Islanders and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I actually have a bet here. The bet I, you can find on a couple different places. It's it's uh, the best price on DraftKings plus 240. Um, Florida not to make the playoffs. And here's why. Currently, Florida is the number one wild card. But they're tied in points with the Islanders. They just have the tiebreaker. And they're only one point ahead of the Phil, or of the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. They've all played the same amount of games. So we go to strength of schedule. Who's going to be favored in what game's coming up? Let's look at the Islanders' schedule. They've got Tampa, tough game. But then they finish the season with Philadelphia, Washington, Montreal. Definitely not the toughest schedule ever. Let's look at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's got Minnesota. Detroit, Chicago, Columbus. Probably the easiest schedule of the three. Pittsburgh, right? And then here's Florida. Florida ends the season with Ottawa, which is not an easy out. Washington, Toronto, and Carolina. So you look at these three teams, clearly Florida's going to have the tougher path. Now, Florida's a good team. They've got a lot of vets on the roster. Okay, They've been here before. So I see why the prices are what they are right now in the market. But 
at plus 240 for the Florida Panthers not to make the playoffs, I think we got a little bit of value there for the reasons I mentioned earlier. And just to give you the other team prices, let me pull those up real quick. Um, to make the playoffs, the the uh, New York Islanders, currently in the second wild card spot, are minus 300, yes, plus 235, no. And then the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, minus 115, yes, minus 115, no. So that's how the market sees it. And I get it. And here's here's why those numbers are what they are. It's because it's not just about the Florida Panthers schedule. Like that's the biggest thing that I'm betting on. That's the biggest thing I'm noticing, but it's a moving system, right? It's a moving target because even if Florida drops two of those games, well, what if the Islanders also lose a couple games or Pittsburgh also loses a couple games, right? So it's not an independent handicap that you can say Florida, tougher schedule, therefore it's an automatic bet. It's just given everything, I think we got a little bit of value there with Florida. Now, Again, Florida's currently the one, the number one wild card, and they are talented, but I think it's just mispriced given everything we just talked about. So interesting race there, going to come down to it, but uh, I think Florida not to make the playoffs is actually a good bet right now given the schedule and everything else that we're uh, tying into that bet. All right, let's get on to the Western Conference where things are a little bit tighter, at least in the divisions. Uh, but let's start with the wild card in the Western Conference because this is pretty much set. Seattle is going to get the number one wild card seed. That's pretty much, I don't know, it's not mathematically set yet, but it's pretty much there. It's all about the number two. Okay. Winnipeg is currently the number two wild card with 89 points. Calgary's the next team with 87. And the Nashville's right behind Calgary with 86. I don't think Calgary or Nashville has nearly enough what it takes this late in the season to catch up to Winnipeg, despite the fact that Winnipeg's only two points ahead of Calgary. Now, as we record on Wednesday, Winnipeg hosts Calgary tonight in a huge game. I mean, we're talking one of the biggest games this season for wild card and playoff positioning. I think Winnipeg wins this game. I like Winnipeg actually tonight up to minus 135. It's currently minus 130. That's a bet I made. So I like Winnipeg there, and I think they win, cement their spot pretty much in the wild card. And I don't think Calgary or Nashville uh, have like I said, just enough to finish the season. By the way, Nashville's got a killer schedule to end the year. Carolina, Winnipeg, Calgary, Minnesota, Colorado. (laughs) So I don't see Nashville making it. I don't see uh, Calgary making it. And I think we've pretty much got the wild card set. Seattle one, Winnipeg two. Now here's what we don't know. What the Central and Pacific are going to look like for the top three. Because right now in the Central, Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota, all tied with 98 points. Now, Colorado's played one fewer game, but still, all 98 points. I don't have any bet for this. You know, Colorado's obviously the hottest team. They're getting healthy right now, but I don't think the Avalanche have played very well this year at all. You look at their XG, how they should have played and how they did play, they actually overexceeded this year based on what they should have done. So now they're healthier, they're actually a team to bet on, I believe. And as we talked about earlier in the show, they're playing an easier path. Let's say it ends right now how, how all the seeding is. Colorado would get the Seattle Kraken in the first round. And you know what's funny about that? If you ask me as a Colorado fan, which I'm going to put the Colorado Avalanche fan hat on right now, of the two wildcard teams, who would you rather play, Seattle or Winnipeg? I'd rather play Seattle. Now, I know this year they have a better record, more points, but Winnipeg is a... Winnipeg's a more seasoned team. They've been there before. Seattle, I know it's... Seattle's a great story. I know they are. I've got them top 10 in my rankings, right? I get it. Seattle is... Maybe the like the darling team of the year next to New Jersey, but I just don't think that they're a great playoff matchup for a team like Colorado, who has been there before. So 
I think that actually things are shaping up for the one, the number one seed in the central to have a, a bit of an easier path because whoever gets that, obviously the second round, you're going to get either Dallas, Colorado, or Minnesota in the second round again. But compared to the East, a little bit different story. So uh, all three of those teams right now tied in the Central. That's going to come down to it. That's going to be so fun to watch. And then the Pacific, kind of the same thing. Now, I think Vegas is going to lock up the one seed here soon. They've got 104 points. Behind them, number two seed is Edmonton with 101. And the three is LA Kings with 100 points. There still could be some shuffling. I don't think think that'll be the case. Edmonton uh, just beat LA last night to kind of claim the... Uh, that uh, one point uh, edge in the in the division. They've got the tiebreaker and they're simply the hotter team right now. I think they're 11 0 and 1 their last 12 games. They're playing such such good hockey right now. Once once uh, 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 Evander Kane come, came back, it completely changed the way they play. They're so much more dynamic offensively and they're more athletic and, and they're quicker defensively too. I mean, that's one thing that they've been lacking for a long time and where they're actually doing a pretty good job this year, at least compared to where a lot of people thought they would be. Uh, so Edmonton, I think, uh, will hang on to the two and LA the three, but either way, no bet there either. That's just going to be fun to watch how the Pacific shakes out. So right now, if you ask me, I think what we're looking at is a pretty set in stone playoffs, but there is a lot that is going to be decided. Stay tuned this next week. We're going to have plenty of NHL picks to wrap the season up and plenty of commentary on the games that do end up playing out. So appreciate everyone listening today. Good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Sports Betting Daily. Sports Betting Daily.